And Father God, we thank you for everything that you are and everything that you'll do in this house this morning. God, we have already met your spirit here as praises have been sung into the heavens. God, you have descended into this place. God, your power is here. Your presence is here. Your overcoming ability is here. God, your anointing is here. God, I'm asking you to anoint this word as it goes forth this morning that lives will be changed for eternity. Lord, settle into our spirits and into our hearts so that we can receive from heaven this morning the message that you have prepared for us. Prepare us for the message that you have prepared for us. God, meet us where we are to take us where you need us to be. In the Christ's holy name, I praise you and I thank you. Amen. And amen. You may be seated in his presence this morning if you're able. My God in heaven. We are in the middle of, I always give you a COVID update and a, and a new building, a new location update, so uh, nothing's really changed as far as uh, the pandemic, I suppose. They haven't given us any new uh, edicts. We did have some people volunteer to go to the 9 this morning, which freed up a lot of seats at the 11, so we appreciate that uh, because we were getting dangerously close at the 11 to being too full. So I think some people are out today, but in addition to that, we did have more come to the nine. So uh, we were grateful. We, we want to maintain our social distancing because we don't want to have to go back online. I've had personal friends of mine that, you know, they were out and then they came back to church and then uh, somebody in the congregation called it and they had to go back online only. I don't really want to do that. So I, I got tired of preaching to a, a, a camera. Uh, you, you are much better looking than a camera. So I don't know if anybody's ever flattered you quite such a way, but uh, you're better looking than a camera, and I appreciate you being here. The um, new building's coming along. I got the sound booth built in the sanctuary, so we're busy out there. And uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. It, if if you showed up tomorrow and you haven't been there, you'd think, "Wow, a bomb went off here," and it doesn't look like it's coming together at all, but those of us that have been out there through the whole process, we can see a lot of transformation that's already taken place. You wouldn't be so much. Uh, it'd be difficult for you to see it uh, if you haven't been there, but we, we, we that have been there throughout the process, we can see it's came a long way so far, so God's been good to us, and we're going to try to stay on track for the October date, so uh, be praying for us, and, and be uh, appreciate your giving and, and your generosity, and those of you that have showed up and helped, uh, every bit helps whether it's financially or whether you showing up and, and actually lending a hand. There's plenty to do still, uh, but we are, we are moving forward, so God's good to us. This morning is week five of a series that we have been doing uh, called Under God. And for the past few weeks, we have been discussing the nature of God that is revealed to us in His Word through the different names that He has. Last week I gave you two very important names that we will build on. I called them scaffolding names because we'll build on them going forward. The Old Testament was Yahweh, got translated to the New Testament Jehovah, that was one name, and then was Elohim. And, and, this, and this morning we're going to deal with another name and I'm going to spend the entire time talking about one name of God. And if you will receive this word this morning, your relationship with God will never be the same again. Because if you understand God this morning when you leave here as Adonai, you will never again have the relationship with God that you walked in here with. 
I, I can make that. That's a bold statement, Pastor. Yes, it is. Because I understand what this revelation did in my personal life. And if it did it for me, it will do it for you if you can receive this word this morning. So the name Adonai, you've probably heard it uh, referenced in songs, uh, praise and worship. I think uh, Avalon or somebody several years ago had a song, uh, Adonai, that we used to uh, listen to on the radio all the time. It is like Elohim. It's a plural word. It's not a singular word. It's a plural word. And it's found over 300 different times, made reference to it throughout Scripture. And here's what it means. It means to own or to be master of. So when the Bible calls God Adonai, he, it is actually referencing him as the owner of something. Now, if he owns something, what is the something that God owns? Well, I'm glad you asked because this word would be controversial if I was preaching it uh, in, in a different setting than in his house and to people that don't understand the nature of God. Because this word simply does not mean master, but it specifically means the master who owns slaves. Now, I know that sounds like a harsh connotation, and some of you have probably already bristled at that idea, but understand when the Bible talks about God being a master who owns slaves, it's not our uh, Western civilization idea of a slave owner. When God owns slaves, here's what he is required to do as a slave owner or a master of slaves. He doesn't only own them, but he is also responsible for them. That means he provides for them. That means he guides their life, and most importantly, he protects them. Because when he owns them, when he is the master of them, when Adonai has possession of you, he is responsible for making sure that you are taken care of. The Bible reads in Psalm 97 and 5 like this, The hills melted like wax at the presence of capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. We learned last week that that word means Jehovah, Yahweh in the Old Testament. So the Bible says the hills melts like wax at the presence of Jehovah, at the presence of Adonai of the whole earth. So what this scripture is actually doing is teaching us that not only is God Elohim, who is a creator, but he is actually also Adonai, which means he's the owner. He's not an absentee landlord that just spun everything into uh, existence and then walked away from it. Uh, that's why I don't get on board. Uh, hate me if you want to. Send me some uh, Facebook messages this week. But I don't get on board with all of the destruction, the, 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 glo the global warming and the climate change and all this kind of stuff and blaming it on humanity and everything is spinning out of control. I don't buy into that, not because I don't believe that things have gotten worse, progressively worse over the course of time. It's that I know who the owner of this place is, and therefore I don't think that anything is going to happen that has escaped his hand, his knowledge, and his will because he is Adonai. He did not just Elohim create it. He Adonai, he is invested in it. He is still working in the minds, hearts, and, and lives of his creation. So he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, but he also earns, uh, owns the dirt that's underneath those cattle. So he is the owner. In the New Testament, we're introduced to a word uh, that the disciples were called, which is bondservant. Paul said, I am a bondservant of Christ, which literally means I am owned by another. Some of you are going to have a hard time ever coming into agreement with Adonai because 
You're too tough. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. And that's your issue. That's your problem with God because you're still trying to do things your way. When Adonai becomes God to you, when God becomes Adonai to you, you learn how to give up ownership. Because Paul, who was self-professed a bondservant to Christ, says, I no longer live, but I'm still alive. But not I, but Christ who lives within me. Because I'm not my own, I was paid for by a price who he paid and now possesses me. So, so last Sunday after church, I had a young man and a young woman come up here and express their undying love for each other. They had to have each other forever. And when I'm doing premarital counseling, I explain how long forever is. Because that's a long time. And they come up here and I asked them, I looked at DJ and I said, do you take this woman whose hand you hold to be thy lawfully wedded wife? Because he's agreeing to more than just Kayla. He's agreeing to the responsibility of being a husband. And there has been far too many families busted up over the years because people took a title, but they didn't take responsibility. They wanted that title of husband, but they wanted to live like they were single. They wanted the title of mother, but they want their mother to raise the child so they can still run around and party and act like they don't have nothing tying them down. And you can't take on a title and not the responsibility. And so when God calls himself Adonai, you need to understand he is not just saying he wants to possess you because he's a strict dictator. He's saying, I want you to be mine because the more of me you give to me, the more I'm responsible for you and the more I take care of you. I'll get into that a little deeper in a minute. But the, when the Bible talks about God as Adonai, it means that he is responsible for whatever he owns. And if he is the owner, that means you are not. That's why I refuse. Look right here. Look at my beady eyes. I refuse to argue with people who don't want to tithe. I used to. Oh, boy, that used to be one of my soapboxes, and I would just beat a drum. No, no, no. If you want to cut yourself off from the blessings of God, who am I to stand in your way? I will not argue it because I know it works for me. I've, I've seen it work in my life. I'll testify until Jesus comes about how effective it is and how he will rebuke the devourer off my life and how he keeps the starvation away because I'm faithful to him. He is faithful to me. But I'm not arguing with you. If you want to live under a curse, more power to you. So I've got this understanding with God that if he is the owner, I'm not. So if you claim ownership over you, over something that doesn't belong to you, you are at best out of order, and at worst, you're a thief. You ever had somebody in your life that act like they own something that belongs to you? Huh? Some of our kids live like that. That's why they, they, they ought to honor you, Mom and Dad, because they're living on things you provided for them. They're, they're surviving off of stuff that if it hadn't been for you giving it to them, they wouldn't have it. So they ought to honor you. And the same way that they ought to show you honor because of what you have done for them, we ought to show Adonai honor because had it not been for the Lord on our side, tell me where would I be today? I remember several years ago reading a story and I got so mad I almost threw my shoe at the TV. 
I remember hearing a story on the news about some t teenage girl. She got to be 16 and thought she could do whatever she wanted to do with whoever she wanted to do it. As lady, she wanted to do it. And her mom and dad put their foot down and said, not as long as you live in my house. So she left mom and dad's house, and she went and moved in with some friends, some older friends who lived in the same town, and then had the gall to go and hire a lawyer to sue her parents because they weren't supporting her. They refused to pay for her college. They, they cut her cell phone off because they said, you can take the phone, it belongs to you, but the service is in my name. And if you drive the car, you're going to have to go get you some insurance because that's in my name. And, and, oh, you want to be grown up? Go be free. Go, my, go, my child, be free. But please understand that with great uh, uh, benefits comes great responsibility. And the first responsibility is you get to pay your own bills. And she took them to court because they refused to pay for her debauchery and her wicked ways because she did not want to submit to the authority, but she wanted the benefits of the house. And I have been pastoring people for over 20 years that don't want to submit to the authority, but want the benefits of the house, and they're out of order. That's why Adonai wants to express to you this morning who he is, because this will forever change your relationship with heaven. God has a creation problem. Things he created are trying to claim ownership over other things he created and not give him any consideration. You think that paycheck's yours? God could snap his fingers and your job be over tomorrow. God, God could snap his fingers and you could be paralyzed and not be able to perform that job. You think that job is yours? You think that money is yours? You think that talent is yours? You think that ability is yours? From where did it come from? Where did your work ethic develop from? Where did your strength come from? Because I realized the older I get, I need him more today than I needed him back then. Because it's harder to get up out the bed. Some of y'all don't have that Rice Krispie disease yet, do you? Where you snap, crackle, and pop and stuff. Yeah, so, so God has a creation problem. Over in Genesis chapter 15, he's talking to a man named Abram. In verse 1, he says, After these things, the word of the Lord, that's Jehovah, that's Yahweh, the, the word of Yahweh came to Abram in a vision and said, Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. The word Lord there is Yahweh. That means God is the self-revealing one. He is revealing to Abram what he wants to do in his life. He had promised Abraham he was going to make him a great nation from his seed. He promised as Yahweh he is revealing himself. I'm going to beat that. I'm going to say it one more time. As Yahweh, as Jehovah, He reveals His will. That He hasn't changed. So, so, so God is revealing to Abraham what His will is for His life. And the same thing that He did then, He does now. You come to church. You hear the Word of God preached. You sing the songs. You come to the altar. And you start feeling God working in your life. That's Jehovah. He is revealing to you what He wants for your life. He reveals how you are in real life. Not who you are, hashtag no filter. Uh, okay, he, he fixes your character flaws. As Jehovah, He starts smoothing out the rough places in your life. Oh, 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 as Jehovah, He has a one-on-one -on -one with your attitude. 
God as Jehovah will take you out behind the spiritual woodshed and give you what for. Because he's trying to straighten you out. Because he is revealing himself to you. He is revealing his will to you. He is revealing his desire for your life. He wants you to know that I planned better for you than you are living. That's what Jehovah does. That's that's Yahweh. When he told Abram by a revelation what his will was for his life, Abram looked around 10 years later and said, Wait a minute, God. You made me a promise in chapter 12 I was going to have a child. Here it is 10 years later, chapter 15, and where's the baby? So Jehovah shows up again in chapter 15, but this time Abraham talks back to God. And in verse 2 he says, And Abram said, Lord God, what are you going to give me? He says, Jehovah Adonai. He says, the one who revealed that I was going to have a promise, I I want you to own. In other words, I've already heard what you want, but something's missing. I've heard that you want to bless me, but ten years later, I'm still not blessed. Something's not working here. So he refers to him as Adonai. He says, O Lord God, O owner, what will you give me? He says, I I heard what you said as Jehovah, but I'm not seeing what you promised me. Does anybody in here understand what it feels like when you have revelation without realization? This is what Abraham is going through. What do you do when you know what God has promised you, but what God promised you is not in lining up with what you see in your life? Does anybody know what it feels like to come to church and hear Jehovah uh, talk to you, speak to you out of the scriptures and he says you are more than an overcomer but you don't feel like an overcomer he says you are the head and not the tail and you feel like you just got hit by a bus he tells you that you are blessed in the city and blessed in the field and you walk out feeling triumphant and then you go and lose your job does anybody know what it feels like to have revelation of who Jehovah is and what Jehovah wants but not have realization in your life sometimes the preaching is better than the living Sometimes when Jehovah is expressed from the pulpit, expressed out of the word, expressed out of the worship, you get a revelation of who Jehovah is and what he wants, but you don't see. That's why Abram is such a great study for us here because what he says in verse 4, and behold, the Lord, the word of, the, of Jehovah came to him and said, this shall not be your, your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be thine heir. Yahweh is saying this to him. And then he tells him, I know you're a hundred. Where are my brothers at? <laughs> you are dusty and crusty. You are a hundred years old. And yet, that does not stop me from being Jehovah. 
Elohim, I created you. Jehovah, I revealed myself to you and told you what I wanted from you. And even though it's been 10 years, that doesn't stop me. The same Jehovah that promised that at 90 has not lost his power at 100. This ought, to be, this ought to be ministering to somebody that just because it hasn't happened yet, don't think that Jehovah has lost his power. If he promised it to you then, hold on to the word of God because he did not waste his revelation. It too shall come to pass. And then verse 6, and he believed in Jehovah and he counted it to him for righteousness. And then verse 8, and then Abram said, Adonai, how will I know that I shall inherit? So Adonai, the owner, the possessor, he says, bring me a heifer, bring me a goat. Bring me a ram, bring me a turtle dove, and bring me a pigeon. And you and me are going to make a covenant because I own you and I own everything. And if you want to buy some of this benefit, you're going to have to come into agreement with me, into covenant with me. In other words, God's got more for Abraham than Abraham is currently living in. Even though Abraham had the revelation that God wanted to give it to him, he hadn't got it yet. And so many of us are living far below our benefits in God, not because God doesn't have the power, not because God doesn't possess the ability, but there's something missing in the relationship. He has Jehovah revealed it to us, but we haven't yet walked into Adonai where we submit. Yahweh talks to him and says, I heard what you said. I know what's in your heart. And until you take a step toward me as Adonai, I will not give you further revelation as Jehovah. In other words, I'm waiting on you, Abraham, to give me permission to work in your life. I, how in the world could a, could a limitless God be limited by some finite man? And that's exactly what he told Abraham. He says, look, I have promised you a child at 90. Listen, they don't make a pill to fix that. <laughs> I don't care what the commercials tell you on, on TV. They don't make a pill powerful enough to fix that problem. He's a hundred years old and he's, he's waiting for Abraham to get to the point where Abraham says, not only do I believe that you will, I want to give you permission to do it. I don't want to hold anything back from you, God, because only after I become in agreement, covenant with you, can you take me and become Adonai. Now, I told you last week, if you were here, that, that a lot of people in the world claim that they know God, but that you never see them in church. Because the God they claim to know is Elohim. He's the creator. He's the power of the universe. And they know He's out there somewhere in the cosmos, but they don't have a relationship with Him because that's what Elohim is. He's, a, he's God at a distance. And they've never yet come into a relationship with Jehovah. Amen? But in the church, when we come to church, we meet Jehovah. But too many of us never graduate to Adonai. Now, I'm not wet behind the ears. I've been doing this for over two decades. And I've met too many people that want God to do what His Word says that He'll do. 
but they don't want to give God the right to own them. Is it okay if God just someday decides he wants to boss you around? Would it be all right with you? Could God have permission to speak into your life even when what he's speaking is uncomfortable? Would it be okay if God told you that you are going to be blessed, but it's not going to happen in a time frame you think it will, but it's going to come later. But if you hold on to what his revelation is as Jehovah and don't get in the way, God says, I will bless you and you shall be more than an overcomer. Would that be all right? Because every time God was referred to by Abram as Adonai, God would show him more Jehovah. He would give him more revelation. But see, God won't give us more Jehovah if, unless we first confess Adonai. we got too many Christians that, that, that want him to get into heaven, but they don't want him in their business on earth. We want fire insurance. We want God to save us and take us to heaven when we die, but God, I don't want you telling me who I can hang out with. I don't want Adonai telling me who I can date. Are you kidding me? God don't care who I... Absolutely. No, see, no, Elohim doesn't care who you date. But when you get to the point where you are desperate to see a revelation from God and to possess His possessions, you get to the point where you say, Hey, God, not only do I want you to be out there, the power that's holding all this together, not only do I want you to be in my face as Jehovah telling me what your will is, I want you to own me. I want you to possess me. I don't want to hold anything back because I need all of you. Is there anybody in this room that needs God to just possess every fiber of your being? See, this is the problem. We got a lot of Jehovah worshipers in church. Very few ever graduate to worshiping Adonai. Because Adonai tells you when to get up and when to go down. Adonai tells you where to go to, where to, where to lay your head and who to lay it beside. Adonai puts a hook in your jaw when you're getting ready to post something on Facebook that's ugly. Snatches you right and says, delete, delete, delete. Adonai tells you, you're out of order. If you want what I have for you, I've revealed my will for you, but I cannot, will not bless your mess. And if you want what I've promised you to have, you are going to have to get out of the way and let me possess all of you. Not just your Sunday morning. He's not interested in Sunday morning visitation. He wants total custody of you. He doesn't just want you to say, all right, on Sunday mornings I'm going to dedicate it to you, God, and you're drunk the rest of the week, or you're fornicating the rest of the week, or you're hateful and mean and ugly to people. You love God, but you don't love people. That can't be true. You have not yet submitted yourself to Adonai. You can't show up on Sunday and pray for crop failure for all the debauchery that you've sowed all week. That's not the way this works. God has no, Jehovah has no legal obligation to anyone who has not yet embraced Adonai. I hope this is sinking in. I hope I'm not going too deep on a Sunday morning. Unless there is an Adonai confession, our Jehovah experience will be limited. So you, you hear the word, and boy, that sounds good. That's a good promise for me. 
Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you go around, all around town. The Bible says, the Bible says, and somebody's on Facebook and they're down and depressed and you start typing out your little sermon to them. Oh, you know what the Bible says. The Bible says that he helps those who help themselves, which by the way ain't in the Bible, but you wouldn't know that because you ain't never read it. And, 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 and you start typing out your little messages and you start squirting uh, scriptures all over town. Hey, the Bible says, the Bible says, but here's the problem. You're confessing a word, but have never confessed confessed ownership and you're confessing a word that you are not living in you're claiming promises that you don't possess let me explain to you in, in, in hillbilly vernacular if I'm your landlord and the pipes bust in your house I am legally responsible to fix your pipes if I'm not your landlord and your pipes bust, I hope you're good at swimming. And we got a lot of Christians who come to church and they have said a prayer to Jesus, but they are living their lives like they own the place. And they don't have a heavenly landlord. And they have never met Adonai. And they've never confessed to Adonai. So they make all their own choices. They don't ask God for any kind of direction. They don't take any kind of direction. They receive the word that they want to receive. And the one that they don't want to receive, they just reject it and act like it ain't even in there and don't pertain to them. They live their own life. And when the pipes bust... They run to the altar and say, God, please help me. And God says, I ain't the landlord of your life. I hope you're good at swimming. You never made me landlord. Don't show up here expecting handouts when you have not yet submitted ownership. I can't go to Hancock County Bank, walk up to the teller and say, I need to make a withdrawal. And they say, okay, can I have your account number? Oh, I don't have no, no, no account here. I just, I just need some money. Some of you are like that. you showing up to God trying to get a withdrawal, but you ain't put nothing in yet. So, so, not y'all. All oh, y'all good. The people watching on live stream this morning, them's the people I'm talking to. Some of them, my wife's family's watching, so I know them. They, they need to. You haven't put anything in, so therefore you've got nothing to withdraw. And we've got too many Christians that only want to receive God. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I've watched it over and over and over again. You sit there on your hands. You don't praise Him. You make your own bad decisions. You know that you're not supposed to be living that way. But let something fall apart. And you're the first one to run to the altar. Tears running down your face. Won't Adonai to rescue you. But God says, I ain't the landlord. By boat. And it's not that God doesn't care. Listen to me. A landlord has a legal responsibility. But I don't have no legal responsibility to fix your pipes in your house. So a landlord in heaven has a legal... You, when, Adam, when Abraham made covenant with God, God became legally responsible. I time to preach on a covenant this morning. God became legally responsible to take care of Abram's needs, to fight his battles for him, and to help him in his time of distress. That's what a covenant does. But some of you have only said a prayer to Jesus, but have never submitted and bent your knee to Adonai. And that's why this message is so important, because this will change your relationship with God forever. Meeting him as Adonai has been the single biggest influence in my entire Christian walk. 
Pastor, I thought it was getting saved. No, 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 because I can get saved and use it like fire insurance and not change anything. But when I embraced him as Adonai, I started listening to scriptures like, Be ye holy, for I, the Lord thy God, am holy. And I said, hey, wait a minute. I got some stuff in my life that ain't holy. God, will you bless this unholy stuff? And he says, I won't even look at it. So I said, well, either God or the unholy stuff has to go. So I've got to get rid of some stuff that ain't, y'all ain't going to help me. See, y'all don't want to hear this. This ain't popular preaching. This is not God is love. And he's my, Jesus is my homeboy. And he overlooks me because he knows how I am. No, 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 no. If you want Jehovah and all his power, you're going to have to learn to submit to Adam and give yourself away far too many people taking God for granted these days expecting him to show up and show off and they have done zero investment in the relationship and unless there is an Adonai confession your Jehovah experience of revelation will be limited in your life now Moses had been asked to do something. If you remember last week, we looked at Exodus chapter 3, and there was a burning bush. And Jehovah showed up, Yahweh, and asked, Je- and asked Moses, said, go down and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. If you look at Exodus 4 and verse 10, the Bible says this. And Moses said to the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Lord, oh my Lord. He said, Jehovah, Adonai. He, he said, What you've asked me to do, I can't do it. So I've got to give you more of myself. Because if I want you to show up in my life and help me do something I'm not able to do, I can't be holding back part of me. So he said, Jehovah, which was the one who called him. And then he said, Adonai, because he said, I'm giving you everything I got. There is nothing like watching Adonai jump into your life, jump into your marriage, jump into your situation, jump into your impossibilities and cause things to work together for your good. There is nothing, that nothing will change your relationship with God more than embracing Him as Adonai. And when you learn to step out of the way and say, everything I am is yours. God, I don't want to just come to church and sing cute songs on Sunday morning. I want you to inhabit myself. You start praying like David and say, God, if there be any wicked way in me, search my heart. Hide your word in me so that I don't sin against you. You start submitting every. I'm talking about everything. Yes, that will cause you to walk away from people. Yes, it will cause you to lay down attitudes. Yes, you will have to give up habits. Yes, you will have to do a 180 and go back and tell people you were sorry when you really ain't sorry. But you're going to have to make it right with Adonai because he's adjusting you and tweaking you and messing you up and you don't like it but it's right me and the Holy Ghost ain't afraid of none of you so I'm just going to tell you like it is you haven't even begun to see what God can do in your life unless you've given him ownership of it see we want God to be everything except the owner the Bible says we come naked into this world and naked we're going to leave it and we're just borrowers We don't even own this body because the Bible says it was bought with a price. So there is only one proper response to Adonai, and that is surrender. We used to sing in the old church, I surrender some. Oh, it wasn't some, most. I surrender most. 
Anybody remember that old hymn? No, it was, I surrender all, all to thee. But I've met very few, oh, I've met a lot of Christians, but I haven't met a whole lot of sold out ones. We all got this part of ourselves, whether it's our attitude, whether it's our, what we do when the lights go out, what it's, whether we do when people aren't around. We all got something that we hold on to. And I know pastor wouldn't be happy about it. Listen to me. If, you, if I see you in Walmart and you lock eyes with me and you are so afraid of what I, you got in your buggy that you jump out the aisle and run to the next aisle, first of all, you know me. I'm going to go, hey, you must not have seen me back in the other aisle, but hi. So I ain't going to let you get away with that. And secondly, you're hiding it from the wrong person. Because I ain't got no heaven or hell to put you in. Adonai already knows. And he knows that you are keeping him at a distance. And I don't know about anybody else, but I need everything he has for me. And I want nothing to stand in my way. God will stand by. Jehovah will stand by and tell you revelation about himself. You're the head, not the tail. You're above, not beneath. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can do all things through Christ. When the, when the enemy comes against you, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. He will give you revelation. Jehovah will come into this room while I'm preaching, while the singing is going on, and start revealing himself to you and telling you how wonderful your life could be. That's what Jehovah does. He comes into the room and he says, listen, you can be out of debt. You can be healed in your body. Your mind can be released and you can be made whole and your emotions can be fixed and all the pain of your past and the heartache would be melted, mended up because I'm a bridge over troubled water. I'm the lily of the valley. I'm the, one, I'm the bright morning star. I'm able to see ahead of you and come back to you and it cause you to transnavigate the landmines. I am able to fix everything that's broken. And he'll stand by and wait for you to tell him he can. He reveals to you how powerful he can be in your life and then stands back and waits for you to give him ownership. Judges chapter 6 verse 1, the Bible says, The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. That's Jehovah, that's Yahweh. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And God delivered them into their enemies' hands. Verse 2 says, And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because they had, and, they, and the children of Israel ran and hid in the caves. Uh huh. The enemies were oppressing them, wearing them out. They went and ran and hid in the caves. Am I the only one in here that knows what it feels like? to just want to run and hide in a cave sometimes. Anybody else ever been beat up? I, I'm saved, but I'm, I'm tired. Does anybody know? Does it, am I the only one in here? Uh, just, I, I'm saved, but God, it feels like the enemy is oppressing me. It feels like I, and all I want to do is run, and if I could find a cave to hide in for a day or two or a year, I would gladly just hide in a cave. And that's where, that's what happens when we honor false gods. The Bible says that they had worshipped 
false gods. And when you try to manage the chaos in your life instead of giving ownership over to Him, you will constantly be wore out by the enemy and want to find a cave to hide in. Sometimes we come to church and we say, well, God's just not working for me. I've been praying and my marriage got worse. I've got to ask you, I have to ask you, I would be a derelict of duty if I didn't ask you, have you made him Adonai yet? I know you're claiming promises. That's not what I ask you. I know you need it real bad. I can go up to Hancock County Bank and say, I need $30,000 bad. They say, I'm sorry, you don't have an account here. Yeah, but I need it real bad. Watch me cry. And crying don't make them give you the money. And beating your fist on the desk won't make them give you the money. You've got to have an account. They have to have some kind of relationship. They have to establish you as somebody trustworthy. And we got a lot of people that their life falls apart and all of a sudden they start looking for God and they have worshipped Elohim because they like God Way out there. And Jehovah has come in. They've come to church enough that Jehovah has revealed himself to them and says, this is what you could have. This is what you could be living in. I have chosen a better life for you than you are currently living. Oh, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want him because he is fine. And God, I can talk to you, but you don't talk back. But he keeps me on FaceTime all day long. It just makes me feel so special. God, I know he's not saved, but he could be something to me. And you've given yourself away, but to the wrong person. And then all of a sudden, something horrible happens in your life, and you need Adonai, but you don't know where to find him because all you've ever worshipped is Elohim, and you know the promises of Jehovah. I hope this is making sense. But then you realize that you need Adonai. And Jehovah's standing in front of you saying, yes, you could have these things, but I'm not giving them to you until you give me ownership. Wow. So Israel, verse 6, was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried. There you are with them tears. So God calls a man named Gideon who rightfully was a coward, and he says, I want you to set my people free. And Gideon says, I'm not able to do that, God. I'm too weak. I'm not qualified. And in verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, Jehovah, he's showing you what he can do. He can make you, he can make you triumphant. He can, Jehovah is with you. You are a mighty man of valor. No, he's not. He was a coward. But Jehovah knows... That I'll say things about you that are not like they already are. And if you make me Adonai, you will see that the future I spoke over your life is the truth. So Jehovah calls him a mighty man of valor. And verse 13, Gideon said to him, Oh, Adonai, if Jehovah is with us, why is all these bad things happening to him? And as soon as Gideon gave him ownership, everything changed. God said, here's how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it and let you think you did it. I'm not going to do it and let you think that this, that this is because you're so tough, like you bad. When I found you, you was nothing. Now you're one degree above nothing. 
I want you to get the big head and think you did it. So here's how we're going to select your army. I want you to go down to the, to the creek. And we're going to have a drinking contest. Not one of them kind. Not the one you had last night. We're going to have a drinking contest. And everybody that gets down and laps the water out of the river like a dog, send them home. Gideon's like, wait a minute, God, I'm trying to build an army here. I'm not sure if you realize what's happening. I, I'm trying to put a, formulate a team to, to go fight the Midianites. I, I kind of need everybody. God says, send them down to the river, and everybody that laps like a dog, send them home. The only ones I want you to keep are the ones that scoop the water and drink it. And this is good relationship advice for somebody. The reason God didn't want the ones that got down on their hands and knees and stuck their face in the water, he didn't want them to go into battle with Gideon because those people are selfish. They only want what they get out of the experience. The people that were scooping the water up and sipping could still catch uh, an enemy sneaking into the camp. Not only am I satisfying my thirst, but I got your back. You go ahead. You, got, you, you ain't got to be watching because not only am I getting something out of this relationship, but I'm making sure that I'm doing something for you too. See, that's good relationship advice. You don't need nobody in your life that just sticks their face in the water and drinks and drinks and drinks and don't give nothing back. You need somebody that is watching your back and helping you even though they're getting blessed they want to make sure you're blessed too and God says those are the only people that you're going to go into battle with 300 people and God's and Gideon says Jehovah you're sending me into battle against 20,000 Midianites with 300 people how am I going to pull this off Adonai and Adonai answered and said, no, you got it twisted. You're going into battle with 300 soldiers and me. Because I'm a friend that's sticking closer than a brother, and when you gave me ownership, now I'm going to go into the battle with you because I don't just own you, I am responsible for you. And so when you gave me Adonai ownership, I made a covenant with you that I will go before you and make your enemies my footstool. And so Adonai says, you aren't, I could give you 20,000 soldiers and me stay off the battlefield and you would still get whooped. But I can take you and me and we can do anything because I'm the great God Jehovah that you have made Adonai and I will fight your battles for you. Is there anybody in this church, is there anybody watching my live stream that needs the Adonai experience of him fighting your battles? God he said I will fight for you now that you have given me ownership can I help you I'm, I'm, I'm done I'm going to close remember who it was that spoke to Moses out of the burning bush it was Jehovah it was Yahweh he revealed to Moses what he wanted to do uh -huh. he, he spoke to Moses please stop coming to church just to hear Jehovah talk Do yourself a favor. I'm glad you come to church. I'm glad you watched my live stream. I'm glad that I, I wouldn't come across the street to hear me preach. I'm so glad you come here. I'm so glad you come to church. But please stop coming to see the bush on fire and to hear Jehovah talk. Graduate to the Adonai experience 
where you say like David, search me, God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. And if there is, remove this heart of stone and replace it with a heart of the flesh. Give God permission because you say, I worship you with my whole life, all my strength, all my might. I withhold nothing. In Isaiah chapter 6, you know the story. Isaiah chapter 6, he had a revelation of God. You've, you've heard the story. You've sang some songs about it. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. I don't have time to get into that train, but that train uh, represents government. Everything was up under his auspice. Everything was up under his government. But what you need to know, in the year that King Uzziah died, he saw... Adonai. This is where I'm going to end. In the year that the king died, I saw the king. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah was friends with King Uzziah. So not only had the nation lost its king, its monarch, not, not only was the nation hurting, but Isaiah lost a friend. In the year that the king died, I saw the king. The reason I bring that up is because sometimes you don't see Adonai until something else dies. Sometimes King Uzziah is so important to you that you don't see King Adonai. And sometimes Adonai has to let something in your life die so your affection can go to the real king of glory in your life. You thought you'd never make it if you lost that job, and Adonai let it die. You thought that you would not be able to go on if they packed their bags and, and walked out of your life, and Adonai showed them the door. You thought that your whole world was contingent on one person being a part of it, but God will let stuff die just so you will look up and see the real King of glory, see Adonai, and realize that if all the world burns, as long as I've got a relationship with Adonai, I have everything that I need. Somebody give Adonai a hand clap of praise in this building. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done, but I don't want to let you leave without praying for you. I, listen, listen. The single most important thing that happened to me in my walk with Christ. Now, that begins after salvation. The single biggest uh, advantage that I have gained. A lot of people come up to me and they say, Pastor, I don't know how you do it. You've lived all these years uh, with Jesus. You never backslid. Listen, I got an early uh, revelation of who Adonai is. Please don't think that I have been sheltered and insulated from the world and from trouble and from sin and from temptation. I just realized a long time ago that I wanted to please Him more than I wanted to please me. I need you, Lord. I need every promise that you have made to me to come to pass. And God, if it's me that's standing in the way, then help me die. Crucify my flesh so that you can be lifted up because Adonai, I need you to own me. 
I need you to own my marriage. I need you to own my attitude. Listen, I had to let God. This took years for me to let God own my anger. And I would get ahead and then I'd fall back. I'd get ahead and Jared turned 14. I'd get ahead and he turned 50. I'd be doing real good. Jared turned 16. After that, I just quit trying for a season. I just gave up. I was like Paul on that ship. I just let her drive. I'd be doing real good. And then I'd find out that I wasn't as far along as I thought I was. And I've done that with anger. And I've done that with fear. And I've done that with doubts. And I've done that with being a critic and being a cynic. Does anybody feel me in here? I, I haven't always treated my wife the way I should have treated her. And I haven't always treated other people the way. And sometimes I just got to turn Facebook off because I want to say things that I shouldn't say. Because it's not a good witness to who Adonai is. Now, if I'm just worshiping Elohim, I can just type my little fingers away. Sometimes I just wish God would turn around for about five minutes. And just, just, just five minutes, Lord. I don't need to backslide. I ain't trying to slide into hell. But if you could just Elohim for about 15 minutes, just, just turn around so I know you ain't watching me. I will. But in order for me to get the blessings of Jehovah, I have to make him Adonai. Which means I've had to cut some people out of my life. Not because they weren't good people, but they just weren't good for me. Because they weren't going where I was going. They weren't headed the way I was headed. And I had to cut bait or quit fishing. And I realized this a long time ago. And if you get this revelation, it will change your walk. You walked in here one way, you'll leave a different way. I promise you, this will be the most important sermon somebody ever heard if you let it sink into your spirit. Because never again will you wonder why I can't have what he says I'm supposed to have. Has he had an idea? Or are you holding something back? Let's pray. Father, for every person under the sound of my voice right now, I'm praying for an Adonai experience with them. I'm praying that you will step into their reality right now. I'm praying, Lord, I'm asking and I'm besieging heaven that you would right now send an anointing that perplexes and frustrates the plans of the enemy because after today, somebody has made a commitment in their life that they will not continue to live the way they've always lived. But they are right now making a commitment to you that they are going to step up, that they are going to encourage themselves in the Lord. They are going to worship on a higher plane and a deeper level. They are going to give more of themselves to you than they have ever given of themselves and it is going to so frustrate the devil that the enemy will not know how to handle them because when he comes around with his bag of tricks again he will no longer be able to besiege them he won't be able to follow make them follow him and he is going to get so frustrated that he'll have to step up his attacks God because somebody's life is changing today their walk with you is forever impacted because of this word this revelation of Jehovah's will for their life is changing right now as they commit themselves to Adonai. And if that's you right now, this atmosphere is charged. If that's you watching by live stream right now, this atmosphere is charged. Grab it right now. Say, God, I need you close. I don't want to hold anything back. Just go ahead and tell him. You ain't got to make a big uh, ostentatious outpouring. Just go ahead and just commit yourself to him right now. I commit myself to you, Adonai. If I got an addiction that I need to get rid of, it's gone. If I got a relationship I need to get rid of, it's gone. If I got a job, uh, something on my job that's got to go, it's gone. God, I don't want anything more than I want you right now. Come into my life as Adonai. 
If you pray that and you mean that, something's happening, something's transforming right now in your spirit, and you will walk out of here differently than you walked in. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. And amen. He wants all of you. God bless you. Cross of victory. I love you. Thank you for being here.